0: And all the time, and since God is good all the time, my praise will always be consistent because God's power is consistent. My praise is not predicated on my problems. My praise is not even predicated on my present situation, but my praise is predicated on God's power. Because I'm a firm believer that when you begin to praise God, in the midst of whatever you're going through, something happens in your praise. The atm- atmosphere begins to shift in your praise. Miracles begin to take place when you begin to praise God. They tell me, wouldn't praises go up? What happens? I said, I said, wouldn't praises go up? Uh, wouldn't praises go up? So I'm never afraid to give God praise. Let's go to the word of God. Hey, God, chapter two. Hey, God, chapter two. Is there anybody excited for the word of God? Are you really excited for the word of God? Hey, God, chapter two. There's a word in your ears. Hey, God, chapter two. We're going to read verses 1 through 9. As you're turning there, if you're willing and you're able, you're not too mean or rude, lift up on your feet. Hey God, chapter 2, verses 1 through 9. I'm still in this season. I thought I was going to come out of it, but Lord said, keep going. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. When you get there, you'll find these words Haggai chapter 2 starting at verse 1 then on October the 17th of that same year the Lord sent another message through the prophet Haggai send say this to Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel the governor of Judah and to Jeshua the son of Jehoiada the high priest and to the remnant of God's people there in the land does anyone remember this house, this temple, in its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? It may seem like nothing at all, but now the Lord says, Be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all of you people still left in the land. And now get to work. Somebody say get to work. For I am with you," says the Lord of Heaven Armies. My Spirit remains among you, just as I have promised when you came out of Egypt. So, do not be afraid. Verse six. For this is what the Lord of Heaven Army says. In just a little while, somebody. Says, while just a little while i will again shake the heavens and the earth and the oceans and the dry land i will shake all the nations and the treasures of all the nations will be brought to this temple i will fill this place with glory says the lord of heaven armies the silver is mine and the gold is mine says the lord of heaven armies the future glory pay attention The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. I dare you to receive that. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. I'm going to say that again, and you ought to shout when you say that. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven, armies have spoken the word of God for the people of God. Father, as we go into your word, as we journey into your word, Father, meet us in this place. Father, speak a word into our hearts and our minds and our spirit that, Father, that's going to resonate and push us forward into our purpose. Father, that it may push us forward not only just beyond where we are, but, Father, it may push us forward in your glory. Father, that we may be able to become the people that you have desired and destined for us to become. Father, you have given me this word to declare to your people. And Father, help me to preach life to them. Help me to preach perspective unto them. And Father, help me to preach until heaven gets the news. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. For a few moments, I want to preach and teach from the thought, greater is coming. I said greater is coming to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I have a word for you, and it is that greater is coming. All right, this time, put your preacher voice on. Say, neighbor, I have a word for you, and it is that greater is coming. Give God praise right there. Music has power. Music has power. I declare to you, never underestimate the power of a song, because one song can can have the power to alter your mood, change your mindset, and arrest your mannerisms. I've been in conversation with some of our kingdom partners here at Kingdom Movement, and we've been discussing how music is the one thing in this earth that can access your soul Without your permission. Music has its own way of affecting us. This is why I tell you it's important to protect what music you listen to. Because the music you listen to will soon take control of your body and your spirit. Here's the other thing about music. Another thing about music is that God can speak through music. I'm a living witness that God can speak through music. I, I've been praying about, so I, there was times when I was praying about something and I was like, Lord, I need a word from you. And I'm driving in my car and the song come on the radio and it was exactly what I needed to hear in that moment. And there's one song that God dropped into my spirit this week that is a word for our church and many of you who have found yourself here today. A, a few years ago, the Norton Powerhouse, Jacqueline Carr she wrote this song that said, if it had not been for the shaking, I never would have been ready for the making. If it had not been for the beating, I would have never, I would have never would be. If it had not been for the pressing, I wouldn't be able to walk into my destiny. And then she said, in the midst of all that I was going through, she said, God was preparing me for greater. In the midst of all of my transitions and my trials and my tribulations, God was preparing me for greater. And then she said this, and this is what I love. She said, I feel a shaking in the spirit. She said, I feel a beating in the spirit. I feel a what? Pressing in the spirit preparing me for greater. And I believe this morning that this song is someone's theme song for this season. That I've been through this and I've been through that, but I just sense somewhere in my spirit something greater is is on the way. I had to cry sometimes, but guess what? Something greater is on the way. I lived that life, and I thought I did everything that I thought was living life up to its fullest. But now that I found Jesus, I sense that something greater is on the way. Somebody shout greater. I know that that's what the doctor said, but I just feel in my spirit that something greater is on the way. Somebody shout greater, that there's some great something greater than what I have now. There's something greater than what I used to have in the past, getting ready to enter my life in this season. And I just want to prophesy and declare to you this morning that you have yet to see your best days. I dare you to lift your hands and receive that. You have yet to see your best days. I just want to declare that the eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has planned for you. You have yet to see your best days. I want to even declare in this space that kingdom has yet to see her best days. Oh, y'all, the shot when I said that. I said kingdom has yet to see her best days. I'm going to do it again. The kingdom, Kingdom has yet to see her best days. That we have testimonies of God's glory. We have testimonies of God's power, but we have yet to see what God is able to do. You've seen yourself accomplish some things in your past. You've accomplished this. You got that degree. You got that job. You got that job. You're making that type of money. You have accomplished it. But I declare to you that you have yet to see the surface of what God has in store for you. But I declare greater is coming. Somebody shout greater. I dare you to shout greater. And so this was the word of the Lord to the children of Israel in this season that God sent, hey, God, I hope y'all follow me. Hey, God was a prophet, and God sent him to them. They were returning back to their homeland, homeland after captivity. And so once they got back to their homeland, they got back and they recognized things were ruined. And so they said, look, we got to go build the temple. But after their prolonged participation in the work of God, they were now beginning to rebuild the temple that was lying in rubble and ruins. As they were entering this season of work, God wanted to relate uh, and tell them this revelation. What's ahead of you is not going to look like what's behind you. I'm going to say that again. As they were getting ready to build this temple and it was coming into this new season, He wanted to tell them what's ahead of you is not going to look like what's behind you. I'm going to say it again. So you write that down. What's ahead of you is not going to look like what's behind you. Because, mind you, These people had built the temple one time already. They had already built the temple one time before. And now God wanted them to build the temple again. Somebody shout again. So God declares that the latter glory of the house will be greater than it. That the temple this time will be more beautiful. It will be more elegant and it will be more divine than it was in the past. The Lord declares that nations will come to the temple to make it better. It will be much like a tourist attraction. Y'all know know how y'all go to tourist attractions. You go to see, you go to observe, you go to witness and experience what it was. And God was like, This temple this time is going to be so beautiful. It's going to be so glorious that everyone was going to come to see what God was doing at this temple. And I declare to you that there's coming a time. Hear me out. Go with me in the spirit. I declare to you that there's coming a time where the glory and the movement of God will become so heavy in the church that it will ring through the nations. The time will come when the church will be packed. I'm telling you, the time will come where people will be more connected to God than ever before. I declare to you the time is coming where the Lord is going to adorn his bride with miracles, signs, and wonders. The time is coming where what's ahead of us is not going to look like what's behind us. That what lies ahead for the church is not going to even mimic the dynamic movements in the past. It's not going to always look like what you grew up on, yet it's going to exceed those experiences. And I want to take it, go a little further, and declare to you that what God wants to do in your life is not going to look like what he has in your past. What God wants to do in your life is not even going to look like what you're going through right now, but he's going to do something more, he's going to do something better, and he's going to do something greater. Somebody shout greater. Oh, y'all said it. Shout greater. So I love our text because our text is not only a picture of church, But it's also a picture of what happens in our lives when we fully give our life to Jesus. Our lives, when you become part, when Jesus becomes part of who you are and what you do, there is a complete shift, there's a complete change, and there's a complete transition in you. I'm gonna say that again. When you, and this, you can testify this if if you gave giving your life to Jesus. When Jesus becomes part of your life, there's a complete shift. There's a complete change. There's a complete transition. Our lives literally change before our eyes. We begin to talk differently. We begin to walk differently. We begin to um, do different things. We begin to have different desires. So when God brings about this change in your life, when God begins to work things out in the midst of our transitions, we will find out that who we are now in Christ is far better than who we were in the world. And you are, I'm going to say that again. And if that resonates with you, I dare you give God praise. When you give your life to Jesus, you find out that who you are in Christ is far better than who you were in the world. That when you start doing things the way that God wants you to do them, when you start following the model and the path and the blueprint that God has given you in his word, you will find out that life will be so much better. You'll find out that things will be far better than they were when you did it your own way. But I want to declare to you, and I must forewarn you, that if you have not fully given your life to Jesus, if you have not fully experienced this shift and this change, if you have not fully surrendered your life to Jesus, then you cannot experience the better that He has for you. I declare to you that God, if you hold out on God, Guess what? God will hold out on you. If you hold out on God, God will hold out on you. I'm gonna say that again for somebody to get it. If you hold out on God, God will hold out on you. The God, if you hold out on God, you are giving, you're not giving God the space to do what He wants to do until you get to the place where it's not just saying, I know of Jesus, but I actually know Him for real. You will not see your life get any better, right? So, write this down. Our reservation is delaying our release. Our reservation is delaying our release. Our reservation to get with God, to get with what God is doing, is delaying the release in our life. So, this is why I want to make the declaration that if you have not fully surrendered yourself to God, If you have not fully surrendered yourself to the call of God over your life, then you are missing out. You are literally missing out. If you if Jesus is not the Lord of your life, you are missing out. If you are not part of what God is doing, guess what? You are missing out. You're missing out on a better experience. You are missing out on somebody shout greater. Shout greater. Greater. All right. So I'm moving on. If you want to experience greater, you got to do three things. Number one. You have to shift your focus. If we are going to see greater in our church, in our nation, in your family, in your life, number one, you have to shift your focus. Somebody shout focus. In our text, the prophet, hey God, he calls the people. Watch this. He calls the people, God, back to the place of reflection. He asks them. If anybody remembered what the temple looked like in the past, y'all, he was like, "Do y'all remember what it looked like when y'all, when it, before y'all got y'all went into captivity? Do you remember what your life used to look like?" Then he had them to reflect currently in. But at some point, watch this in the conversation. In order for the children of Israel to get with God, and what God wanted to release in their life, they had to stop reflecting. And shift their focus to envisioning something greater happening. Let me tell you this. We cannot get so caught up in our reflections of life that we cannot receive the revelation that God is trying to give us. I'm going to say that again. You cannot get caught up in the reflections of your life that you cannot receive the revelation and the vision that God is trying to get you, give you. You can't get so stuck and fixated on what was and what is that you miss what God is trying to do in your life. Right. But what you have to do is shift your focus. And in order to shift your focus, you got to go from I remember when to this is what God showed me. In order to shift your focus, you got to go from I remember when we used to do that. I remember it used to be that way. I remember when I used to go and hang out at this place. I remember when I used to go to this place. I remember what they told me. I remember how they treated me. But then you got to shift it to this is what God showed me. That God showed me that I'm the head and not the tail. God showed me that I'm above and I'm not beneath. You got to shift your focus from I remember when to what? This is what God showed me. Because God did not bring you to this place. He did not bring you this far to leave you. He did not bring you to this place for you to settle for the same experience. But at some point in your life, you got to move on. At some point in your life, you have to move on. Because if we keep replaying and rehearsing the past in our, in our minds, if you keep replaying and rehearsing the past in your life, then guess what? We will keep repeating it in our situation. I used to watch DVDs. y'all remember DVDs? Y'all remember DVDs the movies? DVD movies. I used to watch it all the time. I used to watch them so much that my DVDs used to get scratched. And it used to be so frustrating to me when I was trying to enjoy a movie, but it would get stuck at a certain scene because the CD was scratched. The CD, it was it was so scratched and it was just in bad quality that it could only go to this scene and it could not move forward. No, and if y'all like me, I used to take the CD out. I used to get some rubber alcohol, try to put it on there and rub it. I used to take a little bit of spit and try to rub it on there and try to make it do what it do. But no matter how hard I tried to fix the CD and clean up the CD or to make it work for that moment, it wasn't going to work because the CD itself was in poor situation, poor condition. So do y'all know what I had to do? I had to change the whole movie. I had to replace the whole movie. And I want to declare to us that some of us are stuck in our lives because we are replaying things when we need to replace them. You can't go to the next season because you keep replaying what you need to replace. You keep replaying moments of your past. I remember when my family used to be like that. I remember when we, you keep replaying what they did. They did this to me. They did that to me. You keep replaying what happened and when this happened and when they did that. You get so caught up on replaying that you can't accept what God is trying to do in your moment. And if y'all need to be like me, go back and eject that memory. Eject that moment out of your memory because that's what's limiting you. I remember when my family used to go through this right here. I remember when you let that go and let God show you something new and better for your life. Let God give you a vision of what your life really can be in a full surrender to him. Yes. This is why Paul says, this is what I do. This is what I do. I forget those things which are behind me and I press forward towards the mark of the high calling in who? Christ Jesus. So I'm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm, I'm not replaying my past anymore. I'm not even stuck on that. Don't even bring it up. If somebody bring you up your past, tell them you can have that because that's not me anymore. I, I'm not playing back what I used to do, but now I'm more focused on what God is trying to take me. I shifted my focus. Hallelujah. And when you learn, hallelujah, this just dropped in my spirit. When you learn how to shift your focus, God will shift your position. When you learn how to shift your focus, God will shift your position. That you when you learn how to stop focusing on your past, God will put you in position to live out his promise, to live out his will, to live out his word. Somebody say shift. You got to shift your focus. I can't keep looking at keep can't keep looking back. I can't keep I can't even remember sometimes even remembering the good times can limit us. Because we'd be like, okay, God, you did this and this went well, so God, it must have got to happen like this again. No, God wants to do something greater. Somebody shout, greater is coming. So I, not only am I forgetting the, the bad stuff, but even the, the things that went well, I'm, I'm grateful for them, but now I know that God wants something greater in my life. So, somebody say, shift your focus. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, shift your focus. All right, go ahead. Put your preacher voice on this side. Say, neighbor, yeah. shift your focus. I'm moving on. Number two, after you shift your focus, you stop focusing what's behind you, you need to structure your life. Yeah. Yeah. Structure your life. Somebody say structure. Yeah. Greater is coming. I declare it. I already know it. I feel it. I sense it. I've been, in, I've been in prayer. I've seen greater coming. Greater is coming, and it's at the reach of your fingertips, but you got to put in the work for it to manifest. I tell you, greater is coming, but you got to put something, you got to put it in the work so that it can sustain it. That's why, hey, God told me, he said, hey, y'all, go get to work. Because God can have greater for you, but if you don't put it in the work, then you won't see it. It was God's plan to release his glory. Like God said, look, greater is going to come. Y'all going to be better than y'all were in the past. But the children of Israel still had to go build this structure. They still had to go build the temple. They still had to go build the space where the glory of God caressed rest in their company. Because watch this. God could have released his glory. But if the Israelites had not built the temple, they would not have been able to host God's glory. I'm going to say that again. God could say, look, it's you I'm giving it to you. But if they had not built and structured their life in a way to receive it and host it, then they could have missed the glory of God. This is why some of our good times, your good seasons are only temporary. Because God can have the best in store for us in life, but we have not structured our lives to receive it and sustain it. God can be like, look, I, I, this is, I want to bless you with this but you have not structured your life in a way to receive it and sustain it. That God can give it to you, but because you did not structure your life around him, you're going to fumble it and mishandle it because of your lack of structure. Am I making sense to you guys? You, you, God, you, look, we talked about it Sunday school. He, um, God told Joshua, the land belongs to you, but now I need you to get the strategy and the structure so that you can go take hold of it. God can say the job is yours, but until you... Training until you structure your life around the information and the education, you can't take hold of it. God can say, "Your fam." God can say, "Yeah, you but yeah, I got I got your spouse on the way." But until you structure your life in a way that you're ready to receive and even sustain that marriage, then guess what? It's not gonna work. Am I making sense to you guys? You got to structure your life. There's three things you need to structure your life. Write this down. Number one, you need to um, structure your life around the fear of the Lord. Structure your life around the fear of the Lord. Somebody shout fear. Y'all said it. Y'all sleeping? Somebody shout fear. Okay, y'all said it that time. Shout fear. Now, when you say fear, thank you. I hear you, Mother Otis. Thank you. When we say fear, it's not talking about that we're scared of God. But we're able to say this, Lord, I love you and I respect you enough to handle the things in my life this way. God, I love you enough. I respect you enough that I'm going. I'm not going to do that. God, I love you. Look, Lord, I love you and I respect you enough that I'm not going to cuss them out. God, look, look. I love you and I respect you enough. And you told me to forgive them. And God, I love and love you and respect you enough that I gotta forgive them. God, I love you and respect you enough that whatever you say, God, I'm going to do it because I don't want to make you mad. That's what the fear of the Lord is. Not that God, I'm scared of you. God, you're going to punish me because we we get the fear of the Lord and the wrath of God confused. Am I making sense? Yes, God has wrath. Yes, God has anger. He does not like sin. But if you learn to live in the fear that, God, I love you and I respect you enough, you will escape the wrath of God. Because I don't know about y'all. I don't want to see God unhappy with my life. I don't want to see. I don't want to see God unhappy with me. Because when God is unhappy with me, things don't happen the way that they need to be. When God is unhappy with my life, I won't be able to get, I won't be able to experience that greater because God is unsatisfied. He's unhappy with this thing in my life, so I got to structure my life in a way that I'm pleasing God. But they t- they used to sing a song, an old choir song. They said, "What if God is unhappy with our praise? What if God is unhappy with the way we talk?" And he said, you know, they said you need to change the way you talk, change the way you talk so that God can be happy with you. So structure your life. If you're going to experience greater, structure your life around the fear of the Lord. Number two, structure your life around your calling. Somebody shout calling. Okay. Okay. Y'all talking. Shout calling. 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 Everybody has a purpose. There's something that God has called you to do. That there's something that God wants you to do in the earth. There's something, there's some gifts, some talents, some anointings that God has put on the inside of you. And if you're going to experience greater, then you got to learn to let the oil flow. I'm going to say that again. If you're going to experience greater, you have to learn to let the oil flow. Watch this. There was a woman who said, look, Lord, I don't have enough money to uh, look. She told the prophet, I don't have enough money to pay my debts. All I got is this. And the prophet said, he said, go get this, go to your neighbors, get their jars. And he says, come back. And the Bible says, watch this, that as she began to pour out of the jars, the oils kept flowing. The oil kept flowing. And the Bible says that she was able to pay off her debt and even have some more left. If you learn to let the oil flow in your life, you will experience greater in your situation. If you learn to let your gifts and your talents and your anointings, if you tap into what God has given you to do, if you do that, I promise you your gift is going to make room for you. I promise you, if you if you if you if you know what God has told you to do, walk in that, your gift is going to make room for you. And it will bring number two, number one, fear the Lord. Structure your life around the fear of the Lord, structure your life around your calling. And this is the one I'm gonna step on some toes. Number three, you got to structure your life around excellence. Somebody shout excellence. Oh, y'all talk, y'all whispering. Shout excellence. So you have to understand that God wants the best. Somebody said God wants the best. He doesn't want something mediocre. He don't want something subpar, but he wants the best that we can have. And so if you are really going to experience greater, you got to make it up in your mind that I'm going after the best and I'm not settling for anything less that I'm going to make sure I try my hardest to have the best things in life. I'm going to try to make sure I have the best job I can get. I want to try to make sure I can have the best car I can have. I want to try to make sure I'm trying my hardest to make sure I can have the best family I can have. I'm trying my hardest to make sure I can make the best grades. I'm trying my hardest so that I can have the best behavior. I'm trying my hardest because I want to structure my life around excellence. I want to have the best things in life. I know it. I'm not talking about prosperity, but I want the best that I can have. Right. And then not only do I want to have the best, I also want to do my best in whatever I do. God, no matter if I'm sinking, God, I'm going to give it all I got. If no matter if i am got to go and shake, go and speak to somebody, I'm giving the best that I got. Somebody shout the best. So if you're going to see greater in your life, you need to structure your life around the fear of the Lord. The guy. it's not that I'm scared of you, but God, I love you enough and respect you enough that I'm not going to go this way. Then structure your life around your calling. God, this is what you gifted me to do. This is what you blessed me to be able to do. So, God, I'm going to do that. And then structure your life around excellence. Okay, God, and I, know I want the best things in life because you want what's best for me. Right? So I'm, I'm getting ready to go. Last thing, I'm finding my clothes here. The last thing you got to do is step out of the way. If you're going to see greater, if you're going to see greater in your life, you got to step out of the way. I'm going to say that again. If you want to see greater in your life, I know y'all just told you structure your structure your life. I know I just told you shift your focus. Now you got to step out of the way. I've told us before, and I must remind us, it's not our job and our responsibility to make things happen for us. It's not your job and your responsibility your responsibility to make things prosper. It's simply your job to do your part and get out of God's way. I'm going to say that again. It's your job to do your, do your part. Do what God told you to do. Do what God instructed you to do and get out of God's way. Because there was no way that the children of Israel could have forced God's glory to come in their own strength. They could build the temple. They can do all the advertising. They could be like, y'all come look at this temple we built. Y'all come look at this thing that we just built. Come look at it. It's it's got all of the gold, all of the silver. It has all of these things. They could advertise it and broadcast it, but unless God released it, it wasn't going to happen. The psalmist says, unless the Lord builds the house, the workers work in vain. So unless God make it happen, guess what? It won't get done. Therefore, the children of Israel, the only thing they could do was build the temple and then wait on God to release it. I'm going to say that again. They had to build the temple and then wait on God to release it. I'm going to say that again. They had to build the temple and wait on God to release it. Stop Carrying the weight of thinking that your life is in your hands. Stop carrying the weight of thinking that your life is in your hand, because who are you to think that you're bigger than God? Who are you to think that you got everything under control? Because if something is meant to happen, I declare to you, God is gonna make it happen. If something is meant to happen, I declare to you, God is gonna make it happen. Because when God said what He's saying, when God said that He will have something will happen. He already factored in everything in in your life. When God said he was going to make something happen, he factored in the timing of your life. When God said something was going to happen, he already factored in your abilities. When God said something was going to happen, he already factored in your struggles. And your mistakes. When God said that something was going to happen, he already factored in who misunderstood you. Yet God said, I'm going to say it anyhow. Yet God said, I'm going to do it anyhow. Yet God said, I'm going to make a way anyhow. And I just dare you that since God said it, that settles in. All you have to do is set the stage and get out of God's way. Since God has said it, just set the stage and get out of God's way. So, God, God, I'm ready for what you got for me. God, I'm ready. Oh God, I'm ready for what you have for me. God, I'm ready for what you're trying to show me. And now, God says, I'm ready, I'm ready to move out of the way. I'm reminded of a time, I'm finding my clothes. I'm reminded of a time when Peter got in the way of Jesus. Jesus was explaining to his disciples, hallelujah! How it was necessary that the Son of Man be betrayed and pay the price of a sinner's death. Y'all know Jesus. He didn't come to just live, but he had to come to telling his disciples, look, y'all, in a few days I'm about to be betrayed and I got to go to the cross. And Peter got up and he said, Jesus, no, you don't. You don't got to do all of that. You, you can just stay here with us. But then Jesus turns to Peter and he tells Peter, get thee behind me who? Satan jesus turns to peter and tells peter get thee behind me who satan in other words jesus was him, get out of my way satan because it was necessary that jesus be betrayed by one of his disciples it was necessary that jesus will go from judgment hall to judgment hall it was necessary hallelujah that jesus will be whipped all night long it was necessary that they spit in his face it was necessary that they put a crown of thorns on his head. It was necessary, hallelujah, that they put a cross on his shoulder. It was necessary that they took him down through the town. It was necessary that he hung on the cross from the sixth to the ninth hour. It was necessary that he died for our sins. It was necessary that he died. It was necessary that he died. I said it was necessary that he died. It was necessary that he died to the sun refused to shine. It was necessary that he died till the moon ran down in blood. But because he died, because he died, because he died, it brought our redemption. Because he died, it brought our salvation. It was necessary that he go into a borrowed tomb and stay there for three long days. But somebody say early. Somebody shout early Sunday morning. He got up with all power in the palm of his hands. Power to work in our lives. Now that he has the power to move things, move things in our lives, to move the mountains out of our ways. Now we got to move out of the way of God. God has the power, but you are taking up the space. I'm going to tell you it again. God has the power, but you're taking up the face, space. If it's not faith in your heart, if it's not faith in your heart, whatever is in your heart, whatever is in your mind, your spirit, if it's not faith, it is in God's way. So sometimes you have to speak to yourself and say, fear, you got to move out the way this time. Sometimes you got to speak to yourself and say, loneliness, you got to move out of the way. You got to learn to speak to yourself and say, doubt, look, get out of the way. Lust, get out of the way. Misunderstanding, get out of the way. You got to learn to speak to yourself and say, laziness, guess what? You need to get out of the way. Unforgiveness, get out of the way. Because God is trying to do something more in my life. God is trying to heal me. Hallelujah. God is trying to, God is trying to break me out. God is trying to trying to do something more in my life, and I can't stay here anymore. And I promise you that when you move out of God's way, God is going to strengthen your testimony. When, God, when you move out of God's way, God is going to strengthen your testimony. Your testimony will be that as soon as I stop worrying, worrying how the story was going to end. When I learned to let go and let God, that's when things start happening. That's when I stopped looking at back then. That's when things started happening for me. When I learned to let go and let God be God. When I learned to let go and let God have his way. When I learned to let go, when I learned to move out of the way and stop trying to make it work in my own strength. That's when things started happening in my life. When you learn to move out of God's way, you'll find out that God is able to do exactly when you move out of the way, you'll find out that God is able to heal. You'll find out that God is able to deliver. You'll, able, you'll find out God is able to bring you through if you would just, what, move out of the way. Somebody say, move out of the way. And the greater that God has for you, it will come to your life when you move out of the way. Somebody say, greater is coming. I'll just Go ahead and shout. Say, greater is coming. For my family, greater is coming. For my church, greater is coming. For my hometown, greater is coming. Sounded like you mean to say greater is coming. If you know greater is coming, give God praise right there. Father God, we thank you now for greater. Father, we thank you now that you are in the midst of our service, Father, in the midst of our situations, that God, you are right here bringing greater out of us. That God, you are bringing greater out of us. And Father, we are shifting our focus today. God, we are making the decision that God, we are moving out of the way so that you can have your way. God, we are moving out of the way so that you can have your way. Father, we are shifting our focus and God, we're making the commitment that we're gonna structure our life around you. And so, Father, today we give you a fresh yes. Father, today we give you a fresh yes. Father, that no matter what things have looked like in the past or what we have gone through, God, today we give you a fresh yes. Father, and this yes, hallelujah, is not going to be like our yes from the past, God. God, we won't say yes today and no tomorrow, but God, this yes will be a yes every day. Father, our yes today will be a yes every day. Father, yes to your will yes to your way, God, yes to your work, God, we will obey you, say yes to you, and so, Father, we open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to the greater that you have for us, and Father, we are just saying, we praise you now in advance for the greater, God, we tell you now, thank you in advance for the greater, God, we shout hallelujah now in advance for the greater, and Father, we are dependent on you to make it happen, In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. Give God praise for greater.